Hi, this is Karina Ganters, host of Behind the Pen. You're listening to the audio podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of Behind the Pen. I'm your host, Karina Gantus, award-winning author of 14 books, award-winning filmmaker, podcaster, YouTuber, booktuber. I'm the host of the Author Assist show on the Artist First Radio Network. And I also run Author Assist, which helps authors with their marketing promotion, everything from brainstorming an idea right through to marketing the final product. Behind the Pen is a show for all creatives that use a pen. So they can be a author, illustrator, editor, tattooist, uh, director, uh, writer, artist, uh, and the list goes on. So anyone who holds a pen. And today my guest is uh, Majesta Dawn. What an amazing name. Welcome to the show, Majesta. Hi, thank you so much. Yeah, the first thing I have to ask is is the name. Wow. Um, and it's not a pen name. This is actually your real name. Yes, this is actually my real name. And, you know, I've never met another Majesta either. <laughs> I don't think you would. So what made your mom and dad call you that? You know, everybody expects some great story. They didn't have a name picked for me when they were expecting me. They get in the hospital and they're like, we really need to name this baby. Um, day number two comes and it's like, we have to pick a baby before we leave the hot or pick a baby name before we leave the hospital. So they were flipping through one of those baby naming books. And they found the name Majesta. And so my dad actually, I was like, well, she's going to be my little princess. Majesta feels like a little princess name. So here we go. Sounds <laughs> very um, magical, fantasy type. Um, it's no wonder that I write supernatural books now as an adult. Oh, well, right? there, you, there you go. I mean, oh, wow. I mean, it's such a perfect pen name, but it's actually your real name. And that's just so awesome that you don't need a pen name. That, that's such a, a fantastic name. And no, I mean, it doesn't have to be a wild story. It's a beautiful story. We didn't have a name. We looked through, we picked, closed our eyes. We, <laughs> we picked a one, we opened it and it was Majesta and it just fitted. I mean, yeah. when, when you're, you're a mum, I know when you look at your child for the first time, you've already mm -hmm. got a name in mind for them and you've, mm -hmm. You've been with them for, for nine months and you've been talking with them and um, singing with them while they've been inside your belly in the last two or three months and they've been reacting to you. Uh, so you already know your child before it's born and you know the name of your child. You know if it suits them or not. Yeah. Um, my, my first was Sophia. Um, but I live in Greece and they have a tradition over here that the first child has to be named after the mother of the husband. Really? And her name is Sophia. Second child can be named after my mother, which is Christina. But when I got pregnant second time, and that was because of Sophie was, I call her Sophie instead so Sophia, so we don't get the two mixed up. Mm -hmm. um, when I was pregnant the second time, uh, 
I didn't want her to be jealous of the baby and the attention it was, she was going to get. So I said to her, right, if it's a boy, a girl, you name your brother or sister. Wow, that's a big gamble to take, or at least I know when I when I when I was pregnant with my second, my youngest was, I mean my oldest at the time was one and a half. So to let her name her brother would have been quite scary. <laughs> but thankfully she came up with a beautiful name, Alexia. And oh, and gorgeous. yeah, she got that from uh, Barbie Princess uh, DVD. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness to Barbie for having beautiful names, right? Yeah. If my oldest would have picked my son's name, it would have probably been something like Fresh Beat Band or Wonder Pets, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah. So she she picked the name. So I didn't go with the Greek tradition after, and my husband's quite happy with that. And uh, the um, when we went to the christening, the um, the Godfather or the godmother, because in England, it's just the godmother. Over here, it's either. Um, he decided to give her a middle name. Even if I had a middle name, it was him that was going to name her. And so he said her name's going to be Alexia Agapi. Now, Agapi means love. Oh, that's beautiful. Isn't it beautiful? And, beautiful. and when we, we, we talk to her and, that, and we call her, we, we don't call her Alexia, we say Agapi more. That is my love. Agapi moon, like that. That's so beautiful. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> there are loads of traditions over here in Greece, especially when it comes to the kids. So enough talk of children. Let's talk books and writing. I assume from the supernatural um, mention that you are a author. Tell me more about yourself, dear. Yes, I'm a first-time author. I am releasing my book, Supernatural Supermom. It'll be released on June 10th. So very nerve-wracking I'm sure as you know the first time you put your book out there for everyone to see but we've got it in a few of our ARC readers hands and I'm just loving the feedback so far. A debut author that is it's, it's very very exciting but also anxious time. Yes. <laughs> I do remember back when uh, I held the book for the first time in my hand this was you always put a lot of yourself into the first book Mm -hmm. You know, whether whether it's your own experiences, you don't have to tell people that, but a lot of you goes into the first book. That's what makes it so special because it's so meaningful. And mm -hmm. uh, when you get that paperback copy and yep. you hold it in your hand for the first right time. Right there, there it is. is. <laughs> How long were you hugging it for? <laughs> well, you know, I started writing it about six years ago. So my youngest wow. was just born. Um, and about a month and a half after she was born, my mother passed away. Oh, so sorry. kind of that, that hard time. And then of course, my two older kids were in school. We were struggling with their school. We were trying to move and buy a new house. And part of me, I've always loved all things supernatural, magical. And I sat back and I thought, how much easier would this be if I had supernatural powers, right? If, if I was a witch, if I could make things happen, like parenting would be so much easier. You hear about, it feels like most of the supernatural shows are teeny boppers or single people, or you think of the Twilights where they're falling in love. But what happens when you're already in love, you're married, and now you have kids? How could you use your magic then was kind of what I thought. So I started writing just for fun as a way to vent. 
if uh, a mom at the school irritated me, then she would be renamed and put in the book and maybe have yes, put on that's her. it. Yes, you do not, excuse my language, you do not piss off an author because you will be <laughs> put in the book and murdered so gruesomely. Yeah, love it. Carry on. <laughs> Truth, absolutely. So that's kind of, and, and it's very obvious when you read the book too, that the main characters, um, their names are like the characters that's the mom is Maggie. My oldest daughter in real life is Veronica and then my son's Hugh and my youngest is Daphne. So in the book, we have Vivian, Henry and Daisy, right? Like my husband's name is Brandon, we have Brent. So it's very obvious that they're very closely related, which created quite a it made it almost even more vulnerable to share this because there's like you said so much of our real lives in it um but it was I kind of just started writing it for me I never thought it would go anywhere and then I found a publisher through TikTok which TikTok has actually been wonderful for me through this process I found mm -hmm. a publisher through TikTok that was accepting first-time authors they wanted paranormal fiction I'm like it's, it's not even finished yet, but I can send them a sample, right? So I sent it to them. They had their beta readers read it. All the feedback was great. They loved it. They told me, we want it. We want to publish you. So I'm like, okay, now i got to finish this book. This is happening. And we, I mean, contract was signed. We were talking about what the cover was going to look like. Um, I'm not going to name this publishing company because they are wonderful. It just didn't work out. But they came to me and they said, so where's the romance? And I'm like, what? They're like, well, we really need there to be more of a romance heavy plot. Like, and we're talking graphic romance, <laughs> I guess is the way I can put it nicely. And Erotica. I'm like, yes. And I'm like, that's not what this, that wouldn't serve the storyline at all. I mean, yes, she's married. Yes, she loves her husband. There's some hints to things, but yeah, that's not the that's focal not point. What the book is about. Yeah. Right. Don't, don't uh, change for just for for someone's uh no you never do that it's it's your book it's your baby it's your story exactly yeah. and and it with the book being the way it was so closely related to our family it would have felt like giving someone a peek inside our bedroom i'm like this is not right yeah. right so i am um, fortunate unfortunately i had to say you know i'm sorry i can't move forward and they terminated the contract which was devastating because it's like how hard is it to get a publisher to say they're going to publish you and then to have to turn it down? Am I ever going to find another one? Um, but luckily, I kind of shared my story, what happened on my TikTok. And Reflective Line Publishing reached out to me and they're like, we'd really be interested in reading a sample of your book. And, um, and that was just the best thing that happened. She completely respected the story and loved the way it was going, didn't need the romance and was excited to publish it. So that's how we got here today. <laughs> so the first one and the publisher now, they are not vanity presses. They never ask for money. That's correct. Wow. That's correct. That is unusual for someone to come to you and say, we're interested in hearing more about your book and for them not to be a vanity press. That is really unusual. You got so lucky with both of them. <laughs> That's what was so scary when I had to turn that first contract down. I'm like, is it going to happen the again? Odds of yes, and within it, it was just a few I months. Mean, yeah, wow. God bless book talk. <laughs> wow, because I mean, so much is going over on about TikTok now with when it comes to free books and pirating, and I don't know if you know all about that. So authors are 
even though it's a really good place for, for promoting your book and it's been an ideal place for you to get your contract, authors are, are moving away from that because of what the TikTokers are doing and saying, mm -hmm. oh, you don't need to pay for this book. Why should you pay for it? You can go there and get it for free and download it for free. I mean, how yes. could they do that? That's just, it's, it's so such wrong. a sad thing. Well, and especially when books are one of those things that, I mean, of all the things in our world, you can always go to a library. You know, if you truly don't have the funds to go purchase a book, even if it's just a $5 book, if you really can't afford that, go to your local library and request that they start to carry that book that it, you want. Bingo. It, it, exactly. There is no, there's no need to, to go online and look for it and read it and download it for free. And the author who's put so much time, effort and money because mm -hmm. readers don't realize how much it costs for yeah. us to publish our books and then to market and promote them. Um, it's a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of goes into writing the book and then so much happens after that, that doesn't end. It's not the mm -hmm. end for us once we get the book. And yes. um, for, for those people who are like, oh, you know, just, just go there and, and read the book. You don't need to pay for it. Um, it's, it's disgraceful and it, it can't be stopped because TikTok don't care about what people are posting. Um, we've tried contacting Amazon who are the number one marketplace, as you know, for books and um, they've, they're not doing anything about it either. So it will carry on, but I, readers need to understand how much effort we put into our books, how much time, how much money. And even when we sell it at, at 99 cents, which we make nothing off, um, mm -hmm. please don't go and find a pirate copy because yes. it's, it's not fair on the author. Um, and uh, don't listen to these TikTokers that are uh, advertising to do it that way because it is it's very wrong and it's against the law it's stealing it's theft simple it as is. that you're stealing someone's property if you want to be called a thief go ahead yeah if you've got a conscience you know we don't yeah. sell our books for 17 dollars like exactly. uh, jk rowling <laughs> exactly. we don't sell our ebooks for that price even our paperback book, books aren't even that price so exactly. it's not like we're expensive we we, we have to put um, our prices to what we are worth for the mm -hmm. effort we've gone into for the book. We need to get our worth back and don't uh, push yourself down to that level of all the other authors, three or 99 cents, because mm -hmm. you are downsiding yourself when yeah. you and your book is worth a lot more than that. Um, I want to go back, way, way back with you, Majesta, and I want to find out how creative were you when you were younger? I mean, were you a singer, a musician? Were you playing music instruments? Were you into art? Were you into making stories? How, how was it? Well, I've definitely always had an imagination. I, um, I don't know if you have ever heard of the show Reading Rainbow that used to be on TV. I'm dating myself now, like, <laughs> letting you know how old I am. But that must be it an was, American thing. I've never heard of that, no. <laughs> yeah, they used to pick different books. Like The whole focus of the show was getting kids to read and getting kids excited about reading. And when I was in, goodness, third or fourth grade, I want to say third grade, 
they had a contest where you could write a story and submit it to Reading Rainbow to have your story mentioned on their show. Wow. So um, even then, I liked all things spooky, and I wrote a story about a girl who got, like, she got trapped inside of her dollhouse. She became a doll inside of her dollhouse. Um, (laughs) When I was third grade mind you but it did get selected and I I got to be mentioned on Reading Rainbow so I've always loved writing creating stories I've dabbled in poetry as far as singing or musical instruments I was in choir all through middle school and high school but it was mostly because it was show choir I would lip sync but just be there for the dancing (laughs) so you, you enjoyed the dancing because that's still creative that's still all part of the arts you know, I've always said so many times on my show that you're never one thing. If you have that artistic blood in you, you have more than one talent. Even though you concentrate on one talent, you have another one in the background. So sounds like yours might have been dancing. Yes, I love dance growing up. I wish I could sing. That's one of those things. Like if you could have any talent, I wish I had a better voice. That's mine. My two is writing and singing. That's my two. And I, I actually... I don't have a line between them. I actually work as hard with my singing as I do with my writing. Um, so um, they both mean as much to me as each other. It's uh, it's not like a decision or, you know, uh, which one you're going to do. You can't do them both. No, I can do them both. <laughs> yes, you I can. absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I wish I could get more back into dance as my adult self. There's not as many opportunities and I don't think I could get up on point in those ballet slippers anymore. <laughs> oh, I used to do ballet when I was little. I remember the little pink tutu. I didn't enjoy it though. I remember <laughs> it was on a Sunday and I remember I was, I think, bouncing on my mum and dad's bed. And I was in my ballet outfit. And I was like, I don't want to go ballet anymore. So that was it. Stop ballet. <laughs> She's she like that. See, no, that's my oldest. She tried dance for a little bit. It wasn't really her thing. No, my youngest, her dance recital's coming up here real soon. She's the ham. She wants to be on the stage, wants everybody oh. looking at her. <laughs> How old is she? She is six. Oh, bless. Uh, so, so, so she has got the creative blood already. What about your other two children? How creative are they in the arts? So my middle child, my son, is more creative in when it comes to building things, mm-hmm. um, especially with like video games and things like that. He can design video games. And I'm like, at 11 years old, we were barely learning how to work computers at the time, and you're building entire <laughs> games. Like, it's just mind-blowing to me, right? And he's like, what, well, Mom? It's easy. Um, my oldest, it's the same kind of way. Technology plays so much more of a part in their creativity. Um, now it does, she, yeah. I'm like, teach me how to TikTok, honey. <laughs> teach me how to do this. How do I make this edit? And and my oldest, who's about the 13, is turned 13, is great at that. But she's recently... I, she was sitting there being real quiet and I could see her typing away and I'm like what are you doing because I'm thinking she's messaging friends when she's supposed to be doing homework she's like I'm writing leave me alone and I'm oh, like wow. really and then you know as an, a writer myself I'm like what you're writing tell me more can I see what is it you know she's like, I'm not ready for it to be seen yet and I had to dial it back and respect that because I remember I didn't want my book to be seen right away either so but she has started writing. I'm, I'm thrilled. I hope she continues. My, my daughter is 13 
uh, in August and she's into animation and um, graphics and uh, drawing and art. Uh, she's already had two books published. She had That's the amazing. first one published when she was eight years old. She did wow. all the illustrations herself, made up all the stories. Um, and then the next one, she did it with digital art. Again, all her own work. Uh, there will be a third. It will be a trilogy one day when she finishes it. But uh, yeah, I, I find that the kids take after their their mums. You know, you're, you're now that your eldest is is going into writing. I know how proud you must feel about that, and how, like I said, anxious you want to read it. And uh, yeah. yeah, I don't want to push her to get that third book done, but that third book needs to be done. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, and my husband and I have always had kind of the mindset of we don't care what they do. You know, my husband's coached football, coached wrestling. He's big into sports. Um, we were never going to push sports. I was never going to push dance or writing or any of that. I just want you to pick something. I, I don't mm. care what your thing is, but find your thing that you're passionate about that can be your creative outlet. Because I know for me, especially going through those teenage years where, you know, it could be rough. Um, that creative outlet sometimes was what kept me going, kept me excited. So I think it's really important that kids find something, you know, it's not for me to dictate to them what it's going to be that yeah, they get excited exactly. about, but yep, find something that, that you're passionate about. Yeah. And, and like you said, um, computer and technology is plays a huge part in children's lives. Now, um, if she's not doing her homework, she has a tablet out and she's doing art or playing Roblox or something, you know. Yes. Um, oh, Roblox. Yes. I, yes. <laughs> Minecraft, Roblox. Yeah. We, we yeah. know those names. Never played them, but I know the name. <laughs> I have tried to play Roblox with my kids and failed miserably. I'm like, okay, never mind. I'm going to stick oh. to Animal Crossing. I, I tried with Mario Kart and I played with them for a little bit when we got the first Wii back when it was popular. Um, but I'm not, I'm not a gamer. I, I can't, not even on Facebook, I don't play games with anyone. I'm just so busy. I don't have time and it just, it doesn't interest me. I'd rather get the microphone and sing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll play occasionally. Like Animal Crossing is one that's relaxing for me because you don't really have to be skilled at it. You just kind of walk around your little animals and create your little land. That's okay. I'll play that. But no, unlike the kids who are Roblox and Fortnite, I, I've tried Fortnite. Fortnite. Can't, I'm not very good at that one either. That is so for, for kids to play Fortnite, it is so violent. Oh my it gosh. Is. When I heard what it was about, I said, it's like Hunger Games. You know, and Hunger <laughs> Games was a young adult book and should never have been young adult for how violent it was. Uh, it the was film when it came out, it was, uh, I don't know, it wasn't PG. I can't remember what the, uh, the certification was when the films came out. But... Um, and then I, when I heard about Fortnite and what it was, it was about surviving and killing everyone else. I was like, oh my gosh, this is Hunger Games, right? It's crazy how, I, I don't know, the times have changed since we were kids, you know, but we never had things... games like that. We would never play them if they were available. We were like Space Invaders and Donkey <laughs> Kong. <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog, yeah. Oh, I love Pac-Man. Yes, Whoa. it's crazy how things have changed, and and kids have become a little bit, I guess, more desensitized to it. Which kind of has been I, one of my things. We love Halloween in our house. We love all things. I Halloween bet you spooky, do actually. But, yeah, I can imagine. 
Yes, Halloween's one of my is my personal favorite holiday for sure. Um, to give you an example, we have a seven foot tall werewolf in our dining room right now. And for those of you who are playing this back later, it is May. <laughs> okay. <laughs> tall animatronic werewolf. But um, I also play a lot in special effects makeup. So creating all those crazy spooky Halloween looks. Oh, I bet you love doing that. So, it's so much fun. But my kids are so used to seeing me go from mom to crazy zombie or whatever so they don't get as scared in haunted houses or scary movies like even my six-year-old will be like that's just makeup I know how you do that you use a little bit of liquid latex and some cotton right like she knows oh, nice nice so yeah it's it made them to where they're not afraid of a lot of the scary movies and stuff they're just like it's not real <laughs> but that's that's because of you and the way you you've uh, you've grown up with them in the way that they've like you said seen you do the special effects makeup so watching a scary movie they know there's nothing to be scared about because it's just makeup and acting yeah that's, uh, that's cool i can imagine uh halloween in your house that would be so cool we don't celebrate it over here unfortunately because of the greek orthodox religion mm. we don't celebrate halloween really but i didn't in the uk it was i used to love dressing up in the uk we'd go walking around the fields in one of these um spooky walks and you'd have people jumping out at you and everything Uh, and then hot chocolate and a hot dog at the end when you got back to the uh back to the big house where they started it all yeah i used to love doing those on halloween because it would be cold it'd be dark it'd be spooky anyway And then you're all in your costume and it's just, it's just an amazing, amazing uh, uh, atmosphere, Halloween. Love it's it. so fun. And they're actually, one of the communities local to us is having Hallow Spring this weekend since it's the ha- half point to Halloween. Oh my so gosh. everybody's dressing up as a full-on Halloween celebration in spring. I'm oh like, my yes, gosh. We need to be there. I'm like, sorry, cancel plans. We're going to dress up and go to Hallow Spring. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's going too far. It's like when they start getting the Christmas decorations out in August, you know, it's like, I I start getting the Halloween decorations out in August, but I'm like, I'll wait for Christmas. (laughs) Well, that's okay. I mean, if you're doing the uh, halfway uh, Halloween day, then uh, yeah, you would uh, need to uh, get all your stuff out early. (laughs) So um, I love how you got the idea for the book. um, And I love that it's uh, based on yourself, on your family but you have superpowers. So what superpowers do you have in your book? <laughs> um, some of the things that Maggie can do as a witch, she could, uh, She never has to worry about cooking, which thank goodness, because she's not a very good chef. She can just m- snap her fingers and basically and dinner's ready. Oh, um, wow. <laughs> same thing with cleaning the house, right? A quick little, but she actually does clean a good bit because a lot of like witchiness is cleansing, cleansing out the negativity mm-hmm. and um, physical cleaning as well as, as magical cleaning. They go hand in hand. So, and that's actually part of where the witch's broom came from. I've learned a lot about this since I had to start researching for my book, but the witch's broom when people weren't allowed to practice witchcraft, they had to be kind of secret about it. So they were just sweeping the floor, but they were actually sweeping out the negative energy, sweeping it out of their house. So that's where the witch's broom came from. 
so so i mean you've been watching all the witchy films you've been reading all the supernatural books and uh what got you into that the 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 witchcraft side because you're not a witch and you don't do witchcraft but you have to research before you write a book like you're doing even though it's more tongue-in-cheek type mm. of uh magic um what sort of research did you do or did you know it all before you started I knew quite a bit before I started. I've always loved witchy type books. I mean, The Craft and Buffy the Vampire Slayer, like the movie. Angel, my Buffy, favorites. Craft and yes. Covenant. Oh my God, you're a lady yes. of my own heart. <laughs> yes, love all of them. So a lot of it I knew, but I'm sure my Google history did look a little weird for a few months there when I was doing some research. Um, trying, especially trying to research demons, which that'll give you a little hint to the book. I needed to know about different types of demons and Ooh. I did not have that knowledge. So I had to Google a bit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter what you write. There's always going to be good versus evil in, in, in any book. Um, yes. not necessarily evil as in the devil and demons, but the bad person versus the good person. So, uh, yeah, super, super, um, supernatural mother is not going to have an easy task um yeah. if you don't have that conflict in your book it it's a yawn fest you know so exactly you and have I'd to have that, that excitement yeah and i'd say in our real world as moms we're spending our time protecting our kids from the daily things from well, school ground bullies from getting hurt from sicknesses yeah. that's what we do is protect our babies Yes. Um, and, and so how would that transition into a supernatural supermom book, right? There's much darker things, but it's yes. still at the bottom of, or at the end of the day, it's about protecting your babies and keeping them safe. Oh. Um, or mother's love, which is a big theme I'd say throughout the whole book. Um, and probably will continue throughout the series of book number two comes this about. This is what I was going to ask you next. When, uh, when's the next book coming out? Have you started working on it? I have. I have started working on it. And I, I don't know if this is part of your process, but my process, I, I got some advice and I say this, like she said it personally to me, it was from one of her TikToks. One of my favorite authors, Laurel K. Hamilton, uh, who writes the Anita Blake series. Who I just, I've always adored. I've read it since I was in high school, but she said, people ask how her characters, cause she's only like book number 28 or 29 in the series now. Right. But when you go from one book to the other, it feels so continuous. Like the, the character evolves. You don't feel like there's a gap in the writing, right? And she said that her tip for that is to, as soon as you finish book number one, don't say I'm done. I celebrate. I, I'm putting it down. I'm walking away for a little bit. Take a break. She's like, open up a new pages tab and start book number two. Even if, even if you walk away from it for a month, but at least you've got something. You're not coming back to a blank page. So that's kind of what I did. I've got a few pages down, took a little break, and I'll come back to it. And I'll be like, is this trash or is it good to keep going? What do I need to start over? You know you know where you're going, though, with the series, with the books. You know, basically, are you a plotter or a pantser? I don't even know what that, what that means. Okay, <laughs> pantser just goes with the seat of the pants. On the keyboard, starts typing up. It let it flow. Um, a plotter will write down chapter uh, ideas um, and have post-it notes all over their office with the stuff like that. I'm definitely a pantser then. <laughs> I, I know like the general idea. I know book two. I kind of know the outline of how it's going to go. Yeah. 
but I'm not going to mark out things. Like I so let the there. characters kind of just, yeah, I let them take me where they need to go. Exactly. You do. Yes. You have to listen to the characters because they know the right path to go on and you need to listen to them and do what they say. Um, yeah. And when you do, that's when the gold comes out. That's when it flows. That's when it's just you're in the zone and it's just amazing feeling being in the zone. It, it, it is. And there was a twist in book number one that actually like I was and um, my young my oldest walks in and she's like, mom, why are you crying? What are you doing? I'm like, I'm working on finishing my book. And this seems really sad. And I can't believe I'm doing this to myself, but this is how it has to be. No. And she's like, did you just make yourself cry? I'm like, yes, I did. <laughs> oh. Well, don't say any more about the book. I think we've given people enough to be excited about it. I'm certainly excited about it. Um, I wish you lots of luck with the series and, and get writing book two and, and get inspired and, and get in the zone again. Where can people find your book and you online? Wonderful. Yes. So I am on TikTok at Majesta Dawn. That's definitely a place where I post all my updates first. I'm also, I have a Facebook page at Majesta Dawn. Um, and my book will be available on Amazon. It is available for pre-order right now. So if you follow me on TikTok or Facebook, you'll get my link tree to go ahead and pre-order it for its release date on June 10th. Wonderful. Uh, what have you got planned for the release? Are you doing a little party? Are you doing any online um, stuff? I, I will probably go live on TikTok maybe and, and celebrate, but but now I'm thinking it could be a good excuse to throw a party. Maybe, maybe Ooh, we need to have I mean, Yeah, debut novel and it's being released and everything. Um, last question, how is your publisher that you're with now, how are they helping with the release and the marketing and promotion side? Um, they've been so wonderful. They're they're out there really trying to, you know, push it on TikTok they, and book talk, things like that getting it out there, having me speak on a few different podcasts, of course, like this one, which thank you so much for your time. Oh, that's um, been wonderful. Yeah, it's it's been so exciting. So yes, my publisher's been very great, especially since I'm a newbie and she'll send me these emails with tips of like, okay, now this is what we're doing next. And I'm like, what does that mean? Can you, and so she's held my hand through the whole oh, process. <laughs> you are very, very lucky and fortunate to have um, found that publisher and to actually have a publisher that is helping you with the marketing promotion because normally it's like that's the author's job we don't handle that you know we don't have the funds or we don't have the knowledge we're just a publisher mm -hmm. so you are very fortunate to have uh, who you have and they've taken on the full series which again is amazing um <laughs> i wish you all the best with the, the release i hope you sell loads of copies people who are watching or listening to the podcast make sure you go over to tiktok or facebook to majesta dawn and uh find the links to the book and go and take a look and purchase a copy. Uh, Majesta, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Uh, you're Thank wonderful. You so I feel I feel like we're kindred spirits in the way with, <laughs> when it comes to uh, the supernatural and stuff. I will certainly be talking more to you. Um, wish you all the best and thank you so much for being a guest on Behind the Pen. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you.